Glad that you're with us. If you are a guest, we want to welcome you. Uh, there is a card in front of you. If you want to fill that out, we would love to see um, you know, y'all here and just put your name on there. But also, there's also a prayer request on that as well. So if you need prayers from us, our church family, we would love to do that for you. Um, they don't like me doing this, but shout out to our tech arts team. Um, man, just the work that they do week in and week out, behind the scenes, that's what I said, they like not for me to do this, they like behind the scenes work. But if you guys knew how many text messages and sense and this and that, of hey, you got this, where's this, turn mic on, where, they do a great job. And so we're blessed. And if you are um, interested in, in being on a tech arts team, they would love to have you. I promise you that much. Uh, um, you can go see James and stuff about that. Before I get started, let's go to God in prayer. God, you are holy. You are magnificent. Any other word that I try to use falls so short to you. Bless us this morning as we sing, as we pray, as we read, as we think about you. Open our minds and our hearts and our souls to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When I was a kid, didn't grow up in church, my mom would bring me every now and then, and as a great mom, she was like, let me buy you a Bible. I don't remember what age I was, I was probably around the fourth, third, fourth grade. Here's your own Bible, I don't remember, I wish I still had it. I have a Bible she gave me, but I don't have that Bible. It's probably a kid Bible. And like every good person, you get your Bible, and how you read every other book in the world, you do what? You turn to the first page. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you read this and you go, wow. I don't know, for some reason, we like to get people a Bible and be like, hey, skip the first half of it. Go, go towards the back half of the book. But this, I got the book, I said, I want to read this. And I stopped at Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We got that slide up there, John. And I couldn't get past the first page. As a young theologian in third grade, I read this and I was like, whoa, this is heavy, y'all. Like, do you actually understand what this means? That God created the heavens. We could spend all morning on this sentence. We could spend the next year on this sentence, y'all. Man, how big is it? That, that, that in the beginning there was God, and God was the one that made the beginning, and he created the heavens and earth. What I am on, this earth, what we are all on, spending a thousand miles per hour in a circle at the exact point away from the sun where we don't burn up and we don't freeze. Well, there's life here. God whispered that into existence. And from the thing that we call time, the sun, where we go around in the days, before there was any of that, God's like, I was here. You're like, whoa. That is something that we, I don't think wrestle, I don't think we ponder this. We like to go to Paul, we like to go to the New Testament, we like to, to um, many other books. But if you stop at the first sentence in the Bible, it should blow you away. 
it should make your heart skip. It should make your brain explode to go, I don't quite understand this. It should change who you are from the inside out. We should have sang that song. Kevin, I should give you that one. It should change who you are, that, that in the beginning, God created this. I want you to know that we worship, the reason that we are up here and the reason that we uh, sing and that we pray is that we worship a God bigger than our brains can ever comprehend. We worship an amazing, awesome, glorious, magnificent, mighty God. And how cool is that? We like to put human characteristics on God well, you know, God is like this, and God gets angry like this, and he gets jealous like this, and he does this. But we can't comprehend that God is nothing like us. That God is nothing like us. John, John, I want you to go to that Isaiah 6 verse. We're going to, hey, take arts is great. Isaiah 6. We like to put this human characteristics on God, but even the Bible says that we can't even look upon him. He is separate from us. Isaiah 6.1. This is the vision that Isaiah had. It said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood a seraphim, each uh, seraphim, angel, seraphim had six wings, with two, he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew, and one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. God is not like us. We can't even look upon God. That the angels couldn't even look. The six-winged angels, they were hiding their face, they were hiding their feet, they were flying away, and all they could say is, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Which in that is basically saying that God is set apart, that God is different than us. We don't put God down to who we are. God is on a pedestal that we can't even look upon. You serve a God that is greater. You serve a God that is amazing. You have the opportunity to worship a God who is above all. Romans 1.20, go back, John, there. Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. I read this and go, you are without excuse to know how big and how glorious and how awesome our God is. He has made it known into the fabric of our whole society, into our whole world. God has made it known that we may see him, that we may glorify, we may worship him in that. I think it was right after the pandemic I preached one time and I spoke about going marveling, about going on a walk and seeing God in the little things, in the trees. I love this time of year because we see the changing of the trees and we can see God in that. 
this past um, few weeks. John, go ahead, two more slides to that. We were at Fall Retreat. Here's our crew at Fall Retreat at Camp Wenatoska. Um, we were there. If you've ever been to Camp Wenatoska, it's been around since 1918. A long time. A lot of you may have went there as your kids and your kids go now. But we had fall retreat at Camp Winnetoska. Here's our beautiful, lovely crew on Sunday morning sitting on the waterfalls. There wasn't much water, uh, but we were there uh, um, with that. And I love our fall retreat. And if you've ever been to Camp Winnetoska, there's this big bridge and there's this waterfall. The bridge is behind us. You can see a little bit to Bill Spate. Hey, shout out to the Spates. Shout out to uh, um, Jackie and Bill who helped cook there. Uh, shout out to Hal Craig who was there investing into our kids. Shout out to Bethany Fawcett who was there investing into our students. Uh, Amber Spate was also there investing and uh, um, Jack and Nancy Jane Clark uh, uh, are there as well. It gets weird when you have former students like Jack Clark and now they are adults. <laughs> like, oh, you're in the crew now. I'm like, don't make the mistakes you did. Make sure they don't do what you did, right? But that was awesome. So we're there. If you've ever been to Camp Winnetoska, there's this bridge that goes over the waterfall. The girls were staying on this side, and that's where we ate at. The boys were staying on this side. Um, that's where basketball worship and stuff was. This was on the way to dinner. So everybody is over there about to eat. And in my brain, I'm like, okay, we had this. We just did the ropes course. It was so much fun. And I'm walking over. I'm like, okay. We got worship in about an hour and a half. Do we have the games ready? What songs are we going to sing? Is the food ready? Who is uh, so-and-so? My brain is racing. And so I'm walking over this long bridge. I mean, it's probably as long as from here to the back of the auditorium. And I'm walking over this bridge. And then here comes a student running towards me. You never want to see that. <laughs> right? You're like, what is happening? So I'm walking on this bridge. And my, man, my, and my mind is going. My brain's racing. And then here comes a student running. And it was Kendall Cuthbert sitting here. And she was running towards me. And I'm like, oh, no, what happened? Who hurt themselves? And she stops almost right before me. And she turns. And I was like, what are you doing? She goes, look. Go back to that slide. She goes, look. This was a sunset that night. And I was like, whoa. Took a bunch of pictures of this. And she did too. She ran to go, I got to capture it. She was another building, saw a little bit of this, ran around. She was you know, probably last in line for dinner, but she was like, I got to see that. And it stopped me in my tracks as well. You are without excuse. How much do our brains go and our mind race and our calendars and everything else? And God says, there's no excuse for you, no, the greatness that I am that we need to open our eyes to know that we serve a great and amazing God. That God is at the center of everything. God is at the center of everything and he is set apart. He's at the center of everything, even your life. You are not the center of your life. You shouldn't be. He is. How are you orienting your life? How are you changing everything about you to say every morning when you wake up, it is not what is my calendar, what do I got to do, how am I going to get, I'm hungry, I'm this. But when you wake up to say, God, you are greater than all of this. And thank you. God is greater than. This next slide may look like gibberish. 
you go, I don't understand all this. I am not uh, 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 great at math. Uh, so there's some symbols in here, and you're like, I don't really understand. We got kids in our youth group that are like mathletes, like for real mathletes, like geniuses. Like, they're awesome. Like, how cool is that that they found their area to be like, I love to do math. And they go around the state and do math competitions. That's awesome. Uh, I would be last place at every single one of those. Uh, but they are geniuses. It's hard when you sit with a bunch of students and you're like, you guys are all smarter than me. <laughs> you guys are geniuses. But you guys that may have seen this, right? You guys that may have seen this before. Um, it is kind of an equation on here. Uh, we gave everyone at our fall retreat one of these bracelets. You guys may have seen it on social media. But basically what it means is God is greater than, that's a greater than symbol, right? I got out of math whenever they started putting, you know, like letters in it. I was like, no, 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 no. Numbers, numbers. But God is greater than the highs and lows. God is greater than your highs and your Lows. There's not a specific verse that says this exactly, but in Romans 8, 38, this is where this comes from. It says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future or any powers, neither height or depth, highs or lows, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're going to talk about here in a second the last part of this, about separating from the love of God. But right now, you're going to know that God is bigger than any circumstance in your life. That there is nothing that is going on in your life that God is not bigger than. Highs and lows. I hope that this is a conversation starter for your lunchtime, for your small group, for your ride home, for a bedtime routine. You know, talk about your highs and lows. We talk about highs and lows, ups and downs, pals and wows, uh, thorns and petals. I don't know. There's a lot of different names for this, right? You can do that. But talk about the highs and lows. And I want you to understand that God is greater than all of those. When I think about the highs... There's lots of moments, and right now, if you were to think about what is the highest, greatest moment that has happened to you? Maybe a fun game to play, not just this week, but how about in your entire life? I'd say when I was in high school as a senior, I got baptized. That was a big deal for me. I remember standing on a stage just like this with my beautiful wife, Mary Beth, my knees are shaking. I'm about to pass out because it was so hot. We're getting married. I'm like, oh, my word, we are getting married. What is happening? She said yes. Don't tell her. She said yes. Oh, no. I fooled her. Then I remember being at St. Vincent's Hospital six and a half years ago. And the nurses are like, uh, here's your baby. I'm like, what do I do with this? They're like, I don't know. You're in charge now. I was like, I didn't read those books I was supposed to. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> then I remember about three and a half years later where they're like, here's two babies at once. I'm like, what am I doing with this? They're like, oh, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> like twins. I'm like, I don't have to do with this. But the greatest moments in your life, and for some of you, you're not married. Um, maybe you're not baptized. Um, you don't have kids. But maybe you've been to the happiest place on earth. What is that? Somebody say it. 
Disney. What? Did somebody else uh, say something else? No, it's not Disney. Uh, Bucky's. No, it's not Bucky's. <laughs> it might be. I like Bucky's. Disney, right? I went to Disney when I was five years old. I went to Disney. My parents took me to Disney. And what's the other one? Universal Studios, right? I should ask Pete. Universal Studios, right? They, they're all the same to me when I was five years old. I don't remember where I was. So then I went when I was uh, 25 years old. There was a conference down there for youth ministers. Me and my wife, we went down there. She's been about 100 times. She was born down there. Uh, her family loves Disney. They went, that just wasn't a part of our culture. So I went when I was five, and I went when I was 25. And I walk in, and I go, where's the Nickelodeon building? And they're like, that's not, that's not it. That's the other one. I'm like, oh, I remember Nickelodeon. Where's Ninja Turtles? They're not here either. Don't talk about that. But it's the greatest moment. And then you took her, your kids. This next slide here, this was in January. We took our boys. You guys know exactly where we're at, right there behind the people mover. The greatest ride in the world, uh, the Carousel of Progress is right there, back there. That's called nap time. It's an AC, it's nap time, it's great. So sometimes the circumstances in your life, you can have the highest of highs in one day. And we think about these big areas of marriage and kids and graduation and this and that. But what I found sometimes is that your life every day is like this. You're going to have highs and lows every single day. This was one of my favorite pictures of our boys. You can see them just excited. It was raining. We were there in January. Jack's trying to be cool. I like it. We still had to wear masks. The matching, I love it. I love that picture. Go to the next picture, John. This is the same day. <laughs> My wife is feeding our kids like ducks, just like throwing food at them. <laughs> I'm sitting like a sad cheerleader on the side of a court. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> this is not like stage. This was like, let's all get a family picture. This is real life. Um, my wife's sister was there and she took this picture and she was like, y'all, look at this. And I'm just, oh. The highs and lows of everyday life, in the middle of it, God is there. God is there when we're throwing crackers at our kid's face. God is there when we're sad and your feet hurt and it's 40 degrees in January. Like, why is it so cold in Florida? In the greatest moments of your life, he doesn't leave you. He is always there. And sometimes there is these controllable and uncontrollable circumstances. There's things that you yourself have done, highs and lows, that you're like, that's because of me. Maybe you said something you shouldn't. Maybe you did something you shouldn't do, and now you're kind of in that negative. But there's also things in your life that are 100% out of your control. And you think, how is God ever going to be in this moment? You can go to that next slide. John, we can just camp here. You go, why? How, how is God here? There is so much sickness. There is so much pain. There is so much death. There is so much. God says, I am, I, I'm greater than those. Yesterday was November 19th. Uh, the anniversary of my dad passing away. It was eight years ago. Grateful for this church family. 
Um, I was here only two years, year and a half, two years, when that happened, and people drove up to Nashville to be with me, uh, um, calls and texts, and this church is family. We don't have any family here. This church is our family. Uh, try to get through this. Uh, yeah, 2019, or uh, November 19th, 2014. My dad had cancer. If you don't know much about the peaches, we don't like to talk a lot. We don't like to share a lot of things. It's very odd. I do, but no one else in my family does. My dad had cancer, was sick. It was worse than we thought it was. Worse than I thought. Worse, he didn't tell me how bad it was. Long story short, battled cancer for a very long time. He calls me and says, hey, I need help for a doctor's appointment at like 6 a.m. at Vanderbilt. Can you come take me? I said, absolutely. So drove to Nashville the day before, got to hang out with him. Uh, uh, and then that morning, wake up, and um, uh, he wasn't awake. So I was like, man, we got to leave. I woke up a little bit late. I was like, we got to go. Nashville traffic stinks. We got to go. Um, Couldn't find out. Found my dad in bed. He took his life. Uh, so the highs of holding your twin boys and the lows of seeing your father who just took his life is like, what is happening? And in the middle of those two things, God says, I'm greater than. I'm right here. Now, it may take you years to realize that. And at that moment, that wasn't in my brain. And the grief and the pain and the questioning wasn't there. I, I, I didn't see God, but now as I take a step back, I go, oh, God, you were always there through the people in this room, through the phone calls and the text messages. During all circumstances, God is there. He is greater than anything you were going through. In the highest of highs, God gives us an opportunity to worship him and to give him the glory. And we do. Romans 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. In this verse, we talk about the highs and the lows and, and, and the depth that God loves us. And it's hard for us to wrap our brains around. Sometimes on Friday night, Jack, our six-year-old, likes to stay up late. And sometimes we don't like to stay up late. So we found tricks. What can I put on TV to make this kid fall asleep? That's the game we play. For a while, it was HGTV. But like, you know, now he walks in going, we need to put shiplap here. We're like, no, he watches it. No, he watches too much. He's like, we need to get marble or quartz is bad. I'm like, I don't know, what are you doing? So we, HGTV's off the deal. Then it used to be football, which we loved. Loved to watch football. Uh, until th Thursday night, the Titans were playing. I was up here doing so. No, we had man church Thursday night. I was up here, and Mary Beth goes, we're going to put the Titans game on. Jack will fall asleep on the couch. It'll be great. I get home, and she goes, I made a mistake. He now really loves football. <laughs> so now he does that. So now we try to find these things. There's still one on YouTube. If you have kids, you want to put them to sleep. If you have a spouse, you want to put them to sleep. If you yourself are very tired, you want to go to sleep. There's this channel called Useful Charts. 
I'm not going to show you a thing. It's called, yeah, John Hill loves it. I'm sure he is all about this. It's called Useful Charts, and it's this diagram this guy made. It's very boring, y'all, but I, what? I know, I'm not going to have one on here. I'll, hey, I will share it with you later, John. The last one we watched that put our son to bed in about 45 seconds was, what if George Washington didn't become president, but he said, I'll be king? And it went through his family line to see who would be king today. And it's like some dude in Virginia named like Kevin, like shows him. It's like uh, this guy named Kevin, he would be it. He fell asleep very quickly. So we try to find, you know, just like little stuff like that that he likes. He's really big into now the ocean, ocean creatures, and just what's at the bottom. Like we've only explored like 5% of the ocean, it's crazy. Then we start talking about how deep it is. Because now when we go to the beach, Jack has learned if it's darker water, it's deeper. If it's lighter water, it's not. And he kind of that, and it's like, hey, the pool is 10 feet deep. That's kind of the size of this building, and there's this. And he's like, oh, that's cool. So I found this chart here, and that chart, this thing here. If you can't read it, who cares? Just kind of look at just how, right? It's like the ocean depth. Have you ever thought about how deep the ocean is? It's bonkers deep, y'all. Like, it's extremely deep. When we try to wrap our brain around how deep it is, you're like, uh, okay, I, I kind of get it. Down there, you can't really see it. There's little mountains. Uh, it says the height of Mount Everest. So it is the height of Mount Everest plus. If you were to put Mount Everest at the bottom of the ocean, there would be room left. You're like, that is crazy deep. The tallest building in the world I haven't been to, we don't have a slide for this, but the tallest building in the world uh, is called the Burj Khalifa. It is 13 of those buildings. How many of you have ever seen the Burj Khalifa in person? That's what I thought. (laughs) Woo, we got one in the back. There we go. It's 13 of those. You've seen it. The only one in the house. How many of you guys have ever been to New York City? And how many of you have ever seen the Empire State Building? It's a little more like it, right? It, It is 24... Empire State Building's deep. If you were to stack 24, that's how deep the ocean is. Some of you are like, okay, cool. How many of you have ever been to Washington, D.C. and seen the Washington Monument? Way more, right? You have to go in eighth grade, I think, a lot of people go. The Washington Monument, it is 65 Washington Monuments deep. It is crazy deep, y'all. It's Mount Everest plus five Empire State Buildings on top. It's something that I can't wrap my brain around. Like I could say those numbers, okay, Mount Everest plus five, 65, the Martian monuments. I can't comprehend it. And I think that's the point of that Romans 8 verse there. Neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That there is nothing that you're going to do on this earth that God is going to leave you. And you go, no, no, no. But there's people that have left me. There's people that I have left. There's things that I've separated from. There's been divorce. There's been hurt. There's been backstabbing. There's been name talk. There's been all these things. I I don't have friends anymore. God says there's nothing that you are going to do that is going to separate you from my love. That's hard for us here on earth to put it around. Again, we like to put human characteristics on God, but he doesn't deserve that. He's bigger than that. So if you're here today, 
I want you to know that. There's some of you in here that have been told no one will love you. God will not love you. Look what you have done. You should be ashamed. I heard from a preacher one time that says those things that you've done that are bad, they may be true, but they're not the truest thing about you. The truest thing about you is that you are a son and daughter of the king, and he's never going to leave you, and that he loves you so much. Our God is greater. Our God is greater than our highs and our lows, and God's love for you is greater than you can wrap your brains around, that he loves you so much. And so an action step for this. Those three things, if you guys didn't know, that was three sermon points. Felt good about that. And now what we're supposed to do is an action step. First John 4.19, we love because he first loved us. If we were to sit in this room and go to page one and read Genesis and we all sit and talk about it, what does it mean? And then we go on to the Psalms and we go to the Kings and we go to David and we go to the Old Testament and we go to the prophets and then we go to Jesus and then we go to Paul's letters and we keep, and we all just sit in this room talking about it. What does that do? Cool, we're smarter. But if you don't have the love of God and the greatness of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God, change who you are, where you step out of these doors and you get to your real life and let it change who you are, that's what it's about. That we love because he first loved us. That in his perfect love, it changes who we are. That we can look out at people and say, people told me I shouldn't love you, but I am. Society says that you're not to be loved. Society says that I should write you off, that I shouldn't do this, obey. I shouldn't spend my time, my money, my resources, my emotions, my love towards these. God says we love because he first loved us. I did this talk to our students at Fall Retreat-ish. This is about a four-part series. And I said, if you want to change your schools, your classrooms, your family, your sports teams, your band, your math team, if you want to change those things, start loving. Start loving like Christ loves. Start loving like God loves you. And where you find the power is to think about every morning when you wake up, God, you've loved me so much. Thank you for that. How can I show that love out to people today in a crazy way for that? Things will change. Things will change to glorify him. We're so great for that. Let's say a prayer as we kind of wrap up here. You, you can go to the next slide. These are the three steps. I, I, I already talked about them for 30 minutes, but there's the three there. Let's say a prayer. God, we humble ourselves before your throne knowing that you are greater than us, that this world does not revolve around me or us, that it, that, that it is created by you, the ultimate creator. God, thank you for walking, uh, walking with us in the valleys of our lives, and thank you for celebrating with us at the mountaintops as well. God, we thank you for your son. We thank you for the ultimate show of love that you sent your son down 
for me. I, I don't feel like I deserve that. But again, your love, God, is more than we can imagine. We thank you. God, help us to, to think about the love that you've shown, that it changes who we are, that we can go out of this building. God, that this church doesn't stay in these pews, but the church is living and the church is alive and the church is moving because of your spirit through us. Help us, forgive us, empower us to just love you more. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Here in a second, we're going to um, do, do an invitation. And if you're new to church and you're like, I don't know what that means, I'm going to tell you what that means. We're going to have a time. The praise team's up here. I'm going to ask you guys to stand in just a second. I have to say, please stand as we say, right? I have to say the words, right? We're going to do that. But there are some of you in this room that have never felt that love of God. And you're like, I, I, I don't know the God that you're talking. I don't know the Genesis 1 God. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that. And that's okay. At one point, we were all there. If you would like to know more, uh, this is the place. That's what we're doing. That, that, that is what we are about. There's going to be a shepherd up front. I will be up front. There's a shepherd, a shepherding couple, elders, shepherds, people at our church that uh, love and want to walk with you. They are shepherds. Shepherd, sheep, they guide. So all we call them shepherds. They're awesome. There's going to be a, a shepherding couple in the back as well. So if you're here and you're like, I want to know more about this God, we would love to talk with you. If you don't want to come up front because that's weird, we get it. That's what we have out back. If you're like, I don't want to do that either, find us afterwards. We want to talk with you. For some of you, you're like, hey, I've been through those ups and those downs, and I'm in those downs right now. I'm in the lows. I need your prayer. We would love to do that. You can come forward as well. We'll pray with you. We're not going to make you come on stage and put a mic in your face and make you say anything. We just want to pray for you. We just want to be there for you. We're family. And maybe some of you are here saying, I've never given my life to that amazing God. God is greater. God is amazing. And I've never been baptized in him. Right back there, there's some water. There's a lot of water, actually. It's pretty warm, too. If you would like to get baptized or you want to learn more about that, you can come forward as well. We would love to talk to you about those things. This isn't supposed to be an awkward time where everyone stand and say, this is a time where we as we're like, we as family just walk with one another. And if we can help you, we would love, love, love to do that. So please stand. We're going to sing uh, a song. And if there's anything that we can help you out with, please come forward. We'd love to talk to you.